Buckle up everyone and welcome to Carpool Rugby League, a show where three rugby league tragics talk everything rugby league on your way to or from work. I'm Graham. I'm Shannon. And I'm the Chameleon. Welcome aboard and on with the show. Yes, it's Wednesday, and you know what that means, another episode of Carpool Rugby League. Well, I'll tell you what, fellas, plenty to talk about this week. We're going to get into it uh, with Shano's tidbits. I'm sure Griffo's got a big grab, but gee, there's lots happening, isn't there, Shano? There sure is, Graham. And something I was remiss in last week in the Shano special, and that was to give a massive shout-out. I should have done it at the end. I was totally remiss in it. Some of the music or a lot of the music you hear uh, on Carpool Rugby League, it, it comes it comes from one uh, person. It comes from a group of people, actually, uh, down in Melbourne, the Etherington Brothers. They've got a new band, uh, Square Dance Caller. Jump on. If you love the music you hear it on here, jump on their Facebook. Give them a like. Instagram. They're the types that will be all over that. Uh, and have a listen because they're uh, they've got a new they've got a new outfit started and uh, yeah if you've liked what you've heard should have said it last week and I'm sorry boys I didn't they're massive fans of the of the show massive Panthers fans jump on and uh, have a look at Square Dance Caller yep they've got a new single launching next month so uh, we'll keep you up to date with that because uh, yeah they they do provide uh, some good music. Uh, for us and a lot of the music we supported we do us give. massively, so thanks, boys. Yeah, and, uh, yeah jump thanks, on. guys. We uh, really question, appreciate it. Question on that: um, Are they back playing gigs, or is that not allowed yet? Uh, um, a pre-sale. They've got pre-sale tickets for their single launch that become available. Um, jump on Facebook, and no doubt, uh, once that all starts up again, hopefully they'll be playing gigs because they are phenomenal. Yeah. Well, we might have to do a special carpool rugby league uh, from one of the gigs. That'd be good. I, I think it'd be Wouldn't great. That, <laughs> that'd be great. We could get some uh, some live versions of some of the music we hear. Yeah. And um, yeah. Yeah. So uh, that, that's super exciting for them. Um, I've heard the sneak peek of the new album. New album's oh, awesome. Um, good. Yeah. Nice. I, I like be. it. Would but, be. Um, uh, yeah. It's, it's really good to see what they're doing. And uh, it's just good to see people supporting each other in their art. And uh, this is our art, fellas, and we love Rugby, rugby League. league. And, Talking um, about Rugby League. Yeah, and there's been plenty of Rugby League news happening on and off the field. We focus mainly on what's happening on the field. Of course, we're going to touch on the stuff that's happened off the field. But just to get us kicked off, fellas, I might just go through the scores from last week just to keep everyone up to date with what's going on with their team just in case Thanks they might have missed some of the games. So, round six started on Thursday night with the Panthers defeating the Broncos 20 points to 12 at Suncorp. The Knights got over the Sharks uh, on Friday night up at Newcastle 26-22. The Storm ended up running out 20 points to four winners over the Roosters in Melbourne. Uh, Saturday afternoon, the Seagulls 36 to nil over the Titans. Um We'll be talking a bit about those teams. That game was out at Mudgee, and um, I don't think a lot of people saw that one coming. No. Another no. another game that was just um, well, it was entertaining. But I tell you what, if you follow either of these teams, um, 
you probably just about had a heart attack. 18-4, Rabbitohs defeated the uh, the Tigers in Golden I wish it Point. was 18-4. Oh, sorry, 18-14. <laughs> yeah, that would have been a lot easier, wouldn't it, mate? Sorry. <laughs> that would have been easier to watch. Wishful thinking there. Uh, yeah, 18-14, sorry, Tigers fans. Probably your best, um, I, I think, we'll talk about it later, but definitely your best um, performance of the year thus far. 35-10, to 10, the Eels defeated the Raiders on Saturday at Canberra. The Warriors uh, got back in the winning circle, 20 points to 14 over the Dragons. And the Cowboys... 40 from 40 completion rate. First team in one NRL era to have 100% at full time. Contrasting reports on that, Shane. I've, I've heard it? that, but I've also heard that it was like 40 from 41. So I'm not quite sure. I think, um, I think, I think, I think they... Yeah, you're right. And I thought they said this afternoon it was confirmed. I could be wrong. Mm. I, I thought I heard on the radio that this wasn't from any NRL standpoint that they'd confirmed that it was 40 from 40. Okay. Wow. I don't, watching it, I watched the game. I don't remember a mistake. Like, I can't think of a moment where I thought, oh, there was an error. Yeah, I think the stats I've got that we're going to go through, I've got 40 from 41 as well. So they have that. Right. Okay, so they have Look, so that. that we're, splitting here, we're splitting hairs, fellas. Oh, Great effort. Phenomenal. Yeah. Phenomenal. Yeah. 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 Phenomenal effort. They've done that. They did that last year too. They did. I think yeah. against, it might have been against the Dragons as well. Could have been. Unreal effort. Uh, Cowboys in the final game of the round got up 30 points to 18 over the Bulldogs. So going into uh, round seven, just to give you an idea of where your team is standing going into this week before we preview the games and keep you up to date with what's going on. Panthers are the only undefeated team there in first place on 12 points. Uh, Below them on 10 points, we have the Rabbitohs in second and the Eels in third. On eight points, we have the Storm, Roosters and Dragons. The Titans are in seventh spot on six points. Also on six points are the Warriors, Raiders and Knights. The Sharks, Sea Eagles, and Cowboys are on four points. Uh, 14th place is occupied by the Broncos on two points. The Tigers are also on two points in 15th. And on the bottom of the ladder, yet to win a game in 16th spot is the Canterbury Bulldogs. Well, on the field, there's been plenty happening. Um, but is it, there's a bit happening off the field as well this week, Shano. Um we, we might as well throw it to you first off and get up to date yeah. with Shano's tidbits. All right, Shano, what have you got for us this week, mate? Mate, we we're talking off the field. I suppose there's two big things. Uh, um, look, number one, uh, unfortunately, you don't like to talk about scandals with the series. It appears that uh, the Parramatta Eels are embroiled in some sort of sex tape scandal. Um, it, the big thing here is is that the Parramatta have gotten on the front foot. They said it's not going to bother them. They're a tight-knit group. If anything, the person who took the footage, uh, they're the ones we're going to come after as far as the integrity unit. Um, a Parramatta concern, Parramatta are going, we're giving it to you, but you've got to start, you know, you've got to start protecting people and start uh, chasing those that want to um, film this kind of thing and put it out to air. Um, Freddie Fittler has come out and basically said that it's illegal and should deserve jail time. So 
it's it's a watch this space at the moment. Parramatta, of course, are playing in Darwin this weekend. So, um, yeah, it's to watch this space. Uh, what happens there at this point in time, there's been no sanctions on players. It's, it's part of the integrity unit. And as far as that goes, nothing can be said and no one can be named. So uh, we'll leave it at that. I've got a question, Shane. Mm-hmm. Yep. I've heard it was in a toilet cubicle. Yes. Does that mean it was a shit room? I don't know. I don't know. I'm not too sure. It's very romantic, isn't it? Very romantic. These NRL boys. Either that or a piss take. (laughs) You took the words right out of my mouth there. Well, it Um, it must have been while he was kissing her. Well, that's right. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Fun for the meatloaf fans. Well, well, and and, uh, Valet. uh, the guy who wrote Bad Out of Hell, his name's just John, uh, Jim Steinman. Jim Steinman, he died today. I didn't know that. Yeah, he wrote uh, Power Ballad, uh, Champion basically, wrote Bad Out of Hell, uh, album, and then songs like uh, Total Eclipse of the Heart. He was very well what known a for power ballads. Yeah, go. yeah, he wrote a oh. lot of power ballads. Oh. So, um, yeah. So they, what you learn Welcome on this back. show, what you learn <laughs> on this show. Um, so, um, yes, <laughs> I've lost my train of thought now. Uh, yeah, uh, we're talking about chat. I was just, I, 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 you know, we, we went from, I had to go back to cubicle, had to go back to that four letter word. And now we're on to Chad Townsend. <laughs> wow. That's uh, <laughs> it all fits. Um, signing. He's going, he's going, he's heading he's north. Leaving. He's heading north. He's going up to, uh, he's going up to North Queensland Cowboys. So they've got their, they've got their man of supposedly, um, he's up there. Uh, he's up there. He's, he's been signed by the, uh, Cowboys. Um, they believe he's going to be a fully integral part of their um, of their of their system up there of, the, of what they're trying to build. Uh, one of the things that did come out is that this wasn't a cover signing. He is going to play and have serious game time. So um, uh, the other thing to look at, I suppose, off the field, if you want to watch uh, things like transfers, Katoni uh, Stags um, in talks with the in talks with the Titans. That's something that's interesting. Judicial news. Uh, the Jano, I did, I did hear something that the Titans have pulled their offer. They, they did. They did. It was a shock move, but however, uh, it's just been, it's just been, um, it's, they're withdrawing the three year deal, but they could be putting another, but uh, there's still another one that's probably oh, okay. pulling right. offer. So they're You're definitely pulling one up. They're definitely pulling their three-year deal, hundred percent correct. But they uh, they still are somewhat chasing. So you're hearing that. they're still in- interested. They're still interested. They, they just don't right. like. And and fair enough. I think their three-year deal was something like three-year deal at two point one million. Like, so someone's someone obviously um, had a free few posts post uh, post work drinks and thought they'd sign a check. Um, uh, Latrell Mitchell, four weeks, uh, went to the judiciary and failed. Momorowski went to the judiciary and failed. Radley went to the judiciary and won. Uh, this has people, um, I suppose, people a bit perplexed. Uh, there's 
people like Gus Gould out there that can't see how um, Radley got off. But anyway, he did. It doesn't matter. There's, they're the judiciary. That's how they work. That is how they work it. And Momorowski. Very weeks. mysterious, the judiciary. Mm. Yeah, it's it, mysterious. It, and look, I suppose for our listeners, if it's now a lot of people sort of don't understand how the judiciary works. It's it's what what's quite interesting is they actually don't take precedence into account. That come back from the David Gallup days, and you basically got to prove a lot of things. One of the things that um, one of the things which is quite interesting in the Radley case, they actually use Latrell Mitchell's tackle as a case to help them. Um, now Latrell Mitchell's case was heard last, and this had this this had South Sydney, I suppose, a bit frustrated that that his tackle was being used to basically explain why Latrell Mitchell's tackle so bad, and the Radley tackle is um, not so bad. Um, look, I suppose you get paid as a lawyer to do whatever you want, but I, I think I, I hate. I hate the idea that a that a coach can't actually talk about anyone that's put on report. He can't talk about anyone that's put in on that's going to the judiciary, but yet he can't. But yet another camp can make comment within a hearing about a judicial matter. It's I think it I think it's a bit weak, and quite frankly, the fact that it wasn't quashed to begin with. If that's the way they want to go, fine. But then use precedent. Use pre- and that's what South Sydney have done today. The, the one that was shown in the Radley case, though, Shane, that was that was a Latrell Mitchell tackle from last year, though. Didn't they use one from Rapana and one from Mitchell as comparable examples? And they, they both did. happened last year. They did. Yeah. Do you want to use... But the guy was up next. The I see what you're meaning. Yeah. I yeah. just wanted to make sure that the listeners didn't think nah. that they were using... The one that Mitchell was well, charged for last night. No, no, yeah. but they're using very similar. Yeah. Um, but the fact that precedents can't be taken into account and they're using previous tackles is quite interesting. So South Sydney today have created a dossier of basically like tackles that actually got exonerated. So that's going to come to nothing. I don't even know why they're bothering. I wouldn't have bothered with the um, judiciary in the first place, but that's okay. That's just me. Another one, um, Shane, just while you're on that, one that came up while I was following it live and putting the updates on the, the social medias last night. Um, I don't know if you guys remember, there was a grade one tackle uh, dangerous contact charge by Jake Friend last year on Adam Clune, and that one got used as a comparable example a couple of times last night. And I think this is what people are starting to look at and say, because Momorowski used it and they said, look, this one's similar. It's grade one. Um, The hard thing too is one of the things that came out of uh, the Mitchell case when I was following it was because Latrell Mitchell's was so unique. We don't see many players make contact with the head while they're running away from the player and the back arm. And if you haven't seen it, have a look because it's not your typical tackle. The the NRL um, lawyer, their counsel basically, which I think last night was uh, Peter McGrath, basically said that, look, it's very hard to compare apples with apples because a lot of these other tackles and comparable examples at a grade one, which is what they were seeking, were traditional tackles. So um, the actual quote coming from last night is, we're not comparing apples and apples because it wasn't a traditional tackle. So 
I don't know if that's something that went against Latrell I, Mitchell look, last night you know because what? there wasn't you know anything comparable. You know, Graham, they fought it for one reason and one reason only. If he got a grade one, he was still eligible for um, for Daily M. That's gone. Um, secondly, Latrell hits the guy around the waist. He doesn't have to worry about anything. So, you know, oh, yeah. I think you know, but- the stupidity of it was just outstanding. Are we gonna are we gonna hit the elephant in the room where most people today are frustrated that that's that set the precedent of what a four week suspension looks like? It's not. Yeah. Well, that's it. I. You know what? I. And I'm not saying this because I'm a South fan. I'll say this as a mutual fan. Hmm. I'll be flabbergasted if anything like that gets four weeks again. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the thing that people need to understand is. Coming out of last week's game, Mitchell got charged three times. The only charge he was actually on last night and looking for a downgrade for was the Nofaluma incident. So it looked ugly live, though. I will say that live, it looked ugly. But anyway, um, anyway. yeah, we digress. It's, what it is. Um, it's uh, now where was I? Uh, there was one last thing and I lost it. Now it doesn't matter. Oh yes, of course, of course, it does matter. Actually, was it about because... meatloaf? No, no, it's got nothing to do with meatloaf. Um, although, no, no, he has never sung in Perth. Uh, 2024, people, if you want to catch the red eye, you might want to watch the Origin in Perth. Uh, it's announced that Origin will be going to the West uh, in a couple of years' time. Of course, this year is uh, Melbourne with Adelaide knocked in next year. Yes, oh. and then... And then the hang on, did I get that right? Perth, Perth, wrong. Perth, Perth and then yeah. sorry, Perth and then Perth and then Adelaide. So if you want to catch the red eye to go to Perth, yeah, so wouldn't that be great? That That'd would be a, a very very good weekend, weekend away, so, wouldn't it? So it's uh, just it's, uh, basically been locked in that the Origin will be getting over to the West. Um, in I think what is look, it's a fantastic move for rugby league. The it really needs to start looking at a west coast team i agree I, I, agree i thought they yeah. lost i thought they lost the market we need to get into when the force when the force got kicked out of rugby union i thought that is perfectly made for it and they didn't jump on it then i think it's becoming red hot property they've got to jump on it soon and there's my tidbits mm. and with the um just just on that with perth not to get on a a totally new thing. We've talked about it to death. We're for it. And also, too, you look at it with New Zealand through to Perth, you could have a um, a, a pretty super Saturday when you're moving through the oh. time zones. And the super, thing, super super. And, and the thing is, is when you look at, when you look at it from a Perth perspective, you wouldn't have to play like the game does not have to be all that late. Like nah. something we often talk about here is the eight o'clock game just gets ridiculous. You know, eight o'clock here. It's six o'clock. It's what six, five o'clock kickoff over there. Is that yeah. right? Yeah, that's yeah. Anyway, good work. Sounds good. All right. So um, that's all of Shano's tidbits. There's plenty going on, but there's also a fair bit happening that uh, we need to keep our eye on, Griffo. And uh, well, I might throw over to you to see um, what grabbed your eye this week.
What do you got for us on Griffo's Grab this week, mate? Hello. You there, mate? I am here. All right. Uh, my this... ears were slightly gone there. I, I've got this connection of internet that is not 100%. Uh, it runs at about 98%. But um, uh, I'll tell you what doesn't run at 98%. And this is a guy who got, caught my eyes more than once. It is. I think he's the best number nine in the game, even though he doesn't wear a number nine at the moment. He's from the Melbourne Storm, oh, Harry yes. Grant. Yes. Um, this guy, he, as I, I believe he's the best hooker in the game already. Um, what we saw last year, you look at the Tigers this year, they're going worse than they did last year. And they made a number of actually some decent signings for this year. But the, the big problem for them was that they lost their number nine, who was a revelation. Um, he came on to the State of Origin game last year and New South Wales just couldn't handle him at all. He came on last week against the Roosters and they couldn't handle him either. I don't know why he's not starting, to be honest. I think he's an 80-minute player. I, I love Brandon Smith as a player, but he's not... He's not a number nine in the, in the class of, of Harry Grant. Um, this guy came on, and, and Melbourne were already, to be fair, Melbourne were already doing quite well in the game, uh, but they just went to another level when this guy came on. Um, he sets up tries. He scores tries. He makes breaks. I, I just think he is such a talent. They lost arguably the best player of all time, and they've gained arguably the best hooker in 2021. Um, they're not missing a beat with this guy at, at hooker. He, he's fantastic. <clears throat> Excuse me. I've chose him uh, this week, even though there were probably better performances individually from a few people like Tommy Turbo for one. Um, but I, because of uh, where I was last weekend, I was on holidays up in North Queensland. And I didn't know the games, but I saw this one um, on the Friday night. Um, and this guy just, uh, he amazes me what he does on the football field. Given his uh, level of experience, he just dominates. Harry Grant, he is Griffo's grab for this week. Yeah, fair call. I reckon he's in great form. I, I actually... I think, you know, just back to your, your point there very quickly, Griffo, before we um, we move on, it's, it's almost as though they've got too many great players in that forward pack especially to fit them all in because, as you said, you've got um, Smith there. I mean, we've talked about him as a possible number 13, but then you've got Big Nelson, you know, Sofa Salomona. But they, they have so much talent, and I always say too, they don't go out and buy players. They don't look to buy players. They create it. So it's an amazing system down there, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, the thing, and, the and look thing, at look at George Jennings. Look at how he's going. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, they it's, put that they take jersey on. I I never forget the first guy I saw go down there, and I went uh, was um Jamin Lowe. Yep. The J man. Yeah, J Lo. Um, when he went down there, and the player he became, he just went. It was outstanding. Like, 
And you just see that time after time after time. And to have Smith on there that sort of, that, you know, that does his thing and then all of a sudden fresh Harry Grant come off the bench. That's, that's criminal. That well, you, you look at what going to the Storm did for Tom Eisenhuth's career. Yeah. He's, he's a quality player in that upper yeah. level now. And, Absolutely. And, and, and always yep. had that potential. The yep. thing is, I think that what that system does, it makes them see their potential. Yep. Where, where, where they, they get to 60, 70% of most other clubs. They're 110 at the, yep. at the Storm. Yep. Nah, definitely. Definitely a player to keep your eye on. And, you know, these are the players where, as you said, you know, you're calling it now Griffo, best hooker in the game. Um, you know, I, I don't think a lot of, I mean, he's starting to, to show that he, he's in that upper level. I, I think he's phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, we've had tidbits. We've had the Griffo's grab. Um, Oh, it might be my turn. Let's see what we've got for Graham's gaff this week. Alright, I don't think you fellas will be surprised who I'm going to talk about here. It's probably the one piece of major judiciary news that we didn't talk about. Um, I'm going to talk about Jack Hetherington as my gaff this week. Uh... He is the first player this year to be sent off. He's going to be on the sidelines for five weeks. He's got a five-week ban. So what he actually did, he um, he accepted the five-match ban. Um, I think it would have cost him three if he didn't have his previous record. I think this is his sixth overall ban Um and he's only played 29 NRL games. Can you believe that? Okay. Well, when Sixth you get banned game. a lot, like, you know, you should be up to 150 by now. Well, that's you? what I mean. Like, he's been around for a while. Like, well, well, to give you an idea, I think he's already missed 10 matches through bands alone. So when he finishes this suspension, he's had, he's played 29 games and been suspended for a further 15. Yeah. That's, that's just phenomenal. And I know he's one of those players where, um, you know, he's got a history of this, and I know he's one of those players too, Griffo. You watched um, pretty closely. He's only 24 years old, and he used to play out there at Penrith. But uh, it's, it's not really a good look, and it's definitely something he's got to get under under control, isn't it? Yeah, look, he, he's got all the potential, and, and we've seen glimpses of, of absolute everything you want from a, from a forward. But we also see that the guy spends more time off the field than he does on. Yeah. And while I was a little disappointed, you know, that he left the Panthers, I wasn't too disappointed because he was on coin there and, and he, they just weren't getting value for money because for whatever reason, whether it be on field, off field, he wasn't spending too much time uh, out there in a jersey running around in the NRL which is, it's a great shame for him as well. Um, you, you know, a lot of people say, oh yeah, he's got, it's great that he's got this aggression. He's got to curb it a bit. Well, I don't know that anyone's been able to find the balance for, for him, but it, really it's got to come back to him himself. Um, I, yeah, I, I think 
I don't know what the Bulldogs are paying him, but they've got to be really frustrated that he's missing the next five games. So that's, you know, that's like a bit more than 20% of the season. Um, And, and, uh, you know, like I mentioned in one of the podcasts earlier in the year, he's got only got farted out in the field or part in a scrum the cop two weeks because he's got that much loading, you know? Yeah. And, um, and it's coming. It's really, it's, it's critical in his career and it's yeah. almost making him a liability mm. um, to, to his club. Uh, I just, for his sake, because apparently he's a really good guy from, from some people who know him. I just, I'd like to see him on the field doing what he does best. And, and just, you know, this, this, I don't think there was anything intentional with what he did last weekend. Um, it was, a re, it was a reflex yeah. action. Yeah. Ref looks up. Oh, it's Jack Etherington. Uh, you can go, son. And and I I, I got no problem with him being sent off. Um, but I dare say that if they looked up and it's not Jack Hetherington, say it's a Josh Jackson or a, uh, I don't know who else plays. I was going to say that Thompson, but if Thompson did, he'd probably go off as well. Um, <laughs> maybe a. Well, I was going to say it, I'm Elliot, but then there's another. Let's say it was Corey Allen. Um, yeah. They don't get sent off. I think, you know, because it was Jack Hetherington uh, that had role to play in him being sent off. Yeah. Um, Reputation but, might have made you know, an impact. Support the referee on it because he deserved to be sent off. Yep. And so Mitchell, but we, we won't go there right now. Yeah, and and look, you don't know it might open the door for some send offs. Um, look, if if they're deserving of it, it's something that um, you know, I'm cool to see come back in the game. And also with this 18th man rule, uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we see uh, some more simbins and send offs. Well, it'll be something to keep keep an eye on this week. And uh, we've got another eight games to preview, so we might as well get into it, fellas. Why not? All right, so uh, just. Love the whistle. Just before we do something, I did. You know how I said I was meant to mention something I forgot? Trent Merrin retired effective immediately. Yeah. Yeah. So if you want yeah, to turn I'm off now, really and you think that'll affect your tips, Trent Merrin's gone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Another bloke. Oh, he was a good player. Played for Australia. Yeah. Yeah. Good, good career. Good player. I thought um, it. I thought it deserved a mention outside of the team news. That's all. Yeah, for sure, for sure, definitely, guys, definitely, and also um, wish him well. Wish him well for the future. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he was a really, really good player and a good clubman. Yeah, uh, did some really good things for the Panthers and obviously for the Dragons as well. Yeah, no, nah, definitely, definitely good. Well, we've got some. Um, we've got plenty happening on the field this week. We've got the uh, the Panthers on Thursday night once again. They're going to be hosting the Newcastle Knights out at what is now known as Blue Bet Stadium in Penrith. This game will kick off at 10 to 8. Um, for the Panthers, uh, some interesting news when I was looking through the teams here. Um, the talk around town is that they're pretty hopeful that Edwards might actually return from his broken hand at fullback. So the ideal situation for Penrith would be Edwards back in, Crichton moving to centre to fill that gap that's left by Momorowski after being suspended. You'll also see on your team sheet this week, Appy Corusau being included on the extended bench alongside Edwards. Um, 
The talk out of Penrith is they're not going to risk him if he's not fully fit, so uh, keep an eye on that one to see, but it'll be great for the Panthers to have Api Corusau back. Uh, Robert Jennings also been named as a reserve alongside Edwards, and um, you've got Tyrone May in the side as well to keep in mind as an option for that centre spot because on your team sheets that you see in your big league or on the NRL website as it is these days, uh, Momorowski is still named in the centres, but we know he has been suspended. For the Knights, Heimel Hunt, he suffered a hamstring injury against the Sharks. He's out and uh, Stafford Toa is in to the team. Um... Also, for the Knights, you'll notice there that um, Phoenix Crossland, he's been included on the extended bench, uh, but still no Tex Hoy for the Knights. Um, he was filling in when Ponga was out, so you'd imagine he might feature somewhere on a reserves list as we go forward when he comes back, but he's not quite back yet. Bit of a tidbit for you guys. Shane, I'm still in your... your, your your deal here, but um, it, if you want a tidbit in regards to these two teams, if we remember back to last year, the Knights were one of only um, three teams who didn't get done by the Panthers. Uh, they had a 14-all draw in round three. So, Shano, just going off that, though, uh, yeah. the Panthers, they're in red-hot form at the moment. Um, the Knights have been a bit indifferent. They had a bigger test than what we thought they might have against the um, the Broncos last week, Penrith. That was a that was a bit more of an arm wrestle than a lot of us expected. Yeah, the round six jitters. You always round six, seven, eight. You see some of the good sides um, that are going to be top four. They sometimes, you know, all of a sudden have a couple of off weeks. Um, you, you saw it. You saw it a lot this week. Um, the Panthers have nothing to worry about. They they're going to they're going to fly against the. Um, against the Knights. I I really think, though, if you're the Knights, you've got to take... You know, I'm about to give Brisbane a wrap here. You've got to take a leaf out of Brisbane's book, and that's hold the ball, do the little things well, and really give their forwards a workout. Like, just just start running hard and make their make their pack. They've got a... Penrith have an exceptionally mobile pack, but they don't have a big one. And if you make them really work, all of a sudden, you, you, you tend to reduce the mobility um you know, whether penrith were off their game or whether the brisbane broncos had a plan to throw them off their game it's, it's neither here nor there that the score was penrith won but but the broncos did take them a, a fair way and they did that through really um aiming up in in, in the forwards I, I thought that i thought the penrith got a bit gun shy and walked away from their game plan um, that they, they tended to want to play play Brisbane's way, and they don't need to do that. They're far smarter and more mobile than that. Um, it's going to be interesting to see some of the inclusions if they if they come to fruition. Um, when I look at the Knights, I just think that um, they've got a few they've got a few they've got a few people that could worry Penrith. Um, Caelan Ponga, Bradman Best are two of those. Um, Kurt Mann and Blake Green, that's that's a that's a work in progress. I like their forward pack. I think their forward pack has a lot to offer. But when you look at Penrith, just across the park, they've got everything. Um, I think this is going to be a Penrith win, Gray. Yeah, I was, I was just going to go to uh, to you, Griffo. We know that you are all across what the Panthers are doing each week and you watch them very closely. 
But how, how do you see the Knights as an opposition this week? They they got a win last week, and obviously we know the quality of your Kalen Ponga. Um, Jaden Braley was another player who was working really hard in the middle. Uh, I think he made about 57 tackles last week. Um, I think if your last name was Braley and you combined, there was about you know 115 tackles. <laughs> but um, what, do you, what do you make of the Knights at the moment going into this one against the Red Hot Panthers? Look, uh, this team is, yeah, they're they're the yo-yos of uh, of the NRL. They're up and down, um, mind you. There's a few other clubs that are similar, but you you can't you can't say okay, Newcastle are going to come out and do great things this week, or you can't say Newcastle will come out and play like crap. You just don't know. Um, I only saw about the last seven minutes of uh, this game. Um, but, uh, yeah, I saw Ponga go over for the match winner. Um, and he obviously had a really good game. He, he scored previously and I think he might've had a hand in at least one other. So he's key. He's the danger man for the Panthers. Mm. Uh, he, he didn't have a great game against the Titans in his first game back, but he was, he was bet for game, having that game under his belt. Um, got to take into account. They played the Sharks last week and the Sharks, had a horror week where the coach was sacked. So I, I did think the Newcastle Knights, if there are any sort of a team, they, they should have beaten the Sharks. And eventually they, they did, to their credit. Shane O mentioned the Broncos earlier. I see some comparisons between the Knights and the Broncos in that the Newcastle Knights do have this big, strong forward pack. And that's probably their strength, given some of the players that are out. but um, So I think that's where they'll look at that game last week and the Broncos took Penrith on and nearly got them. Um, but they just have the class that the, the Panthers have, particularly uh, around the halves. Mm, so, I, um, I actually heard one person um, on one of the, uh, the coverage, one of the, one of the, uh, you know, one of the channels showing the, doing the coverage of this game, um, saying basically the difference was Nathan Cleary. If Nathan Cleary plays for the for the Broncos, and I know that's a big if. Yeah, yeah, I heard that as well. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 do, uh, uh, what I'm asking you, Griff, is do you think that's a fair call when you look at how much quality play was happening from from the Panthers all round? Look, I, I was I was quite happy with with Penrith's performance last week. Mm, Brisbane were good. They, they were chat. Brisbane were fantastic, and yeah. I was actually just before we started tonight. I was out on a walk. I was listening to um, to last week's podcast, and I did talk about the fact that I thought Brisbane individually had a lot of good players, and I said they're going to come good. I said I just hope it's not this week against the Panthers. The reality was that it was last week against the Panthers yeah. that they came good. That adds more credit to to Penrith in that Penrith certainly in the first half. They're a little bit down on their game. They have mistakes. Um, Charlie Staines running the ball back, that's a no-no off your line. He just gets manhandled. Um, we saw it. And eventually it's going to cost him a game because he's not a Josh Mansour. He's wearing Josh Mansour's number, but he's a completely different player. And they've got to, they've got to address that. Um, I know that's part of a winger's role these days, but 
Charlie Staines, that, that's not, he's not built for that. That, but uh, getting back to what I was saying, you've got a guy wearing number seven who has now played over a hundred games and he's a very young man. And he's, uh, well, at this point of his career, he's already the best number seven going around. I don't think he's quite the best player in the league yet, but he's, he's in the, he's in the conversation. Um, and his composure, his ability to just control the game when he needs to, got Penrith home last week. He put that drop goal over from outside the 40, and you know that sort of broke Brisbane's heart. Then you had Jerome Luai do his thing, where he, he just uh, he mesmerised the, uh, the Brisbane defence. Cleary backs up, and it's all over. And that was a win that they had to work hard for. Um, I was really impressed by the Broncos forwards, in particular uh, Tavita Pangai Jr., Matt Lodge and Painhouse, who really took it to Penrith. And, um, you know, but Penrith stood up. They were yeah. under pressure, but they got the two points. And that's the sign of a good team. When you're not quite at your best, but you've still got, you know, you keep yourself in the game, and then right at the death of the game, your class players stand up and they get you over the line. Yeah, the good um, teams find ways to win. They do. And I think I think Penrith will win this game, um, which is you know not a great revelation, uh, obviously. But um, I think they'll improve. They'll be playing at home. I don't think they're going to drop quite as much ball as, as what they did last week. Um for, for Newcastle to win, their forwards have to dominate and allow a platform for, for the likes of, of Kalen Ponger and Bradman Best. Like Newcastle, they've got some, uh, some bullets to fire, um, but they're an inconsistent team. Their defense is not always at its best. And um, I, think, I think Penrith's attack um, might be a bit much to handle for the Newcastle Knights. Yep. Um, and I'm hoping so. You got the Panthers in this one, Shana? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. yeah I thought I said that earlier. Yep. No, I just wanted to do a bit of a roundup, make sure we got the tips. Yep. Um, yep. So, uh, Panthers for all three of us. So I, I, I think you'd be very brave to tip against the Panthers against any team. Uh, the Knights are, as we said, a bit up and down. Uh, there, there have been some good signs from the Knights here and there, but they're just not consistent enough. Some of the Penrith players, though, that um, are starting to stand out that aren't the names we talk about each week is is really a good sign for them, I think. Um, one of those I wanted to just mention was Brian Toto. I think he's been going um, rather well. It, there might be a, you know, an issue here and there. He might, I think he dropped the ball off a bomb the other night, but... Tell you what, he made up with it, you know, in regards to his run meters um, and just his impact. He's starting to become one of those really good finishers, and um, I think he's becoming a real valuable part of this team. Uh, I think but, it was eleven tackle breaks, yeah, something like that. Yeah, unbelievable. And even still, I, I talked about before Apisai Corusau coming in. I, I don't think it's one of those things where they need to panic and rush him because um, I think Mitch Kenny's been doing a good job as well. Nope. Absolutely. Yeah, so... I, I don't so, want them to rush him. No. 
and, and you want to make sure he's good. So I think, um, yeah, I, I'm pretty confident that we're, we're going to see a Penrith win in this one. All right, so our second game of the weekend will take us up to the Gold Coast. We see the Gold Coast Titans, who are currently in seventh spot, taking on the South Sydney Rabbitohs, who hold second spot on the table. This is happening at Seabus Super Stadium, uh, 6 p.m. on Friday evening. Now, we do know that um, this game is impacted by suspension. Uh, when the teams come out, obviously, we knew that Latrell Mitchell was definitely going to be missing for the Rabbitohs. Uh, he was always going to be suspended this week. So we see a bit of a backline shuffle. And as you could imagine, Alex Johnston coming into fullback. Jackson Paulo coming onto the wing. Um, Dan Gagai is going from the centres to the wing to replace Josh Mansour. He's actually got a hamstring tear. He's going to be out for a little while. So that's a bit of a bit of a shame for Josh Mansour, who was finding some form in Rabbitohs colours. Uh, young Stephen Masters is the new centre, so he's getting his first chance this year in first grade. He has played first grade previously. Uh, in the forwards, uh, you'd imagine Jacob Host, he's going back to the reserves with uh, Kalau Matangi coming back into the second row following his suspension. Um, we also noticed this week we've got Dean Hawkins. He's been included in the reserves after his gaff the uh, the other week. Um for the Titans, there's a fair bit of news for them as well. Uh, they're hoping that Philip Semi will be a chance to come back. He's named in jersey number 21. Uh, so we'll keep an eye on that one. We don't know. He was named last week, but he had some ongoing issues with the concussion. So they're being fairly cautious with him. Uh, a plus for the Gold Coast in Anthony Don being named to return from his hip injury. So Don's going to come back, as you'd imagine, straight onto the wing. Um, probably the biggest blow and uh, the biggest disappointment for just fans in general, not only Titans fans, is uh, the absence of Big Tino. Uh, he's got he's out because of the suspension from a shoulder charge. So Fodawake is going to come into the starting side. So we've got a few big names here, uh, Griffo, out for both teams. Um, be interesting to see how the Titans go because they're another team I think that you might put in that yo-yo category. Absolutely. Um, I didn't. Uh, I didn't see the game last week. Uh, I didn't know the score till I, I you know, uh, had a look at the score on the on, on my on my phone. I couldn't believe it that uh, this team who've been pretty good through through most of of twenty twenty one. We're not just beaten by Manly, but they're really humiliated, 36-0. Um, I, uh, I, I had them in my eight. They're in the eight at the moment. And I think, I think they will make the top eight. I think they've got enough quality. But take out Tino, and I, I don't think they'd make the eight. I, I think it's a one-match ban. I don't know, Shane, is that? Is that yeah, that's right. Yeah. Okay, so... I think uh, if Tino plays, I'll be tipping the Titans with with the losses of of, uh, of uh, Latrell out of, of the South Sydney side. But I think Tino is so important to this side. I, I can't see them beating South. I think South has still got points in them. 
You look back to 2020 when Latrell missed most of the second half of the year. Souths actually still went on uh, a bit of a rampage towards the end of the season, including that record-breaking win over the Roosters. And there was no Latrell. Um, so I, I can't see why they uh, can't continue to, uh, to beat sides. Uh, I think, you know, if they were coming up against a heavyweight without Latrell, uh, okay, I think I'm probably going against Souths. But the Gold Coast are not yet a premiership heavyweight. Um, I, I just think Souths have got enough points in them. You look at that pack of forwards for South Sydney, Burgess and Totola up front, Kaloa Matungi and Sua in the second row, and then the very, very good lot forward in Cameron Murray and the guy in nine in Damien Cook. Now that is a really good pack of forwards. And then you can bring on the likes of Jai Arrow up against his old club, Liam Knight returning from uh, injury and smashing, baby. <laughs> now that is a pretty good... Uh, they're, they're three quality forwards. And then you've got Benji Marshall. So even though they're missing a few guys... Um, it's still a strong side, you know, particularly when you can bring in a guy like Stephen Masters for his first game of the year. This is still a quality South Sydney side. Um, I think they're a better 17 than what the Gold Coast have. And I think they win this game. Uh, Shane, what do you think? Yeah, uh, uh, look, I agree, Griff. I think last week, what was quite interesting is um, the 20 minutes where where the Tigers just seemed to have it over South Sydney. They were the 20 minutes that uh, Cameron Murray was off. I I was screaming at the TV to put him back on. I don't know why he was off that long. Um, The guy ran for 173 metres and then on top of that had 41 tackles. I I just, and that's, that's in 60, what will be 62 minutes of football because there was um, extra time. I don't know what he did next. I don't know if he had a run in extra time. But that's a lot of work in 60 minutes. And he's an 80-minute player. And I thought when they took him off, that's when South Sydney regressed. I don't know whether he took him off because he had done a lot of work or because, um, look, because of what South Sydney has ahead. Um, The importance of this game to South Sydney, they play away this week. They play away in Canberra next week. They're at home to the Storm the week after. The week after that is the um, Suncorp Magic Round against the Sharks. They've got a lot of travel in the next four weeks. Um, and they've got, to, they've got to get the wins whenever they can. The win against A win against the Titans is a must. They should win regardless of the, if they've got Luttrell or not. Um, I, I, do think they, I do think across the park they're a very strong side. Talk a bit about the Titans just to quickly. I thought Corey Thompson in a losing side played really well last week. They were just blown off the park. They just didn't want to turn up. Um, I couldn't believe as I was watching it, it their the defense looked like Swiss cheese there for a while. And and they just couldn't put it together. They were they were, at 18 nil. At 18 nil, it looked like they could string some things together. And and they were, and they were trying to get, you know, they were, I remember there was a play at 18 nil where they had uh, three-on-one out to the left with Fafida out there as well. And they elected to go right. And it was just, it's throw it to Fafida. He, walks, he waltzes in. They just, 
sometimes their halves just don't quite – it's like Jamal Fogarty calls for the ball and has to go to him, regardless of what's on the outside. Now, I really think they've got to start looking up and playing what's in front of them. Uh, one of the greatest uh, – Alex, Alex Brimson, one of the greatest tackles I've ever seen in rugby league, try-saving tackle. Uh, when you consider what they lost by, they could have lost by um, – at least four or six more. It was he, fantastic he's a, tackle. He's a gun, isn't he? It was a fantastic tackle. Um, South Sydney last week lost their way a little bit. Um, you know, Alex Johnson, when he dove in the corner and put his hand out, that could have been 10 nil with a kick to come. And then it, it did look like the, the wheels were falling off the West Tigers. Uh, it didn't end up that way. The West Tigers fought back. Like I said, I thought they got the ascendancy in that 20 minutes when, um, when Cameron Murray was off. I think although they don't have Latrell Mitchell and, and Josh Mansour out is, a, is, is, is fairly large as well. He's been doing some great work uh, helping South Sydney come out of their end and, and really giving the forwards a break. And I think that's why Gay, Gay Guy is in number two this week because he, he again, is very good with that. Um, there's some chinks in the armour. Uh, Paulo's last hit out wasn't brilliant. Um, I do like Masters. It's going to be interesting to see what he does. Look, the the six and seven for South Sydney need to control the game. They need to control the game. They need to kick the corners. They need to let the forwards do the work that they can do. Um, you know, it was amazing. Uh, a bit like, I suppose, what Griffo was talking about the game before. Adam Reynolds, you know, two points behind. He kicks a two-point field goal. Everything's great. And then misses a goal and then another field goal. And then... Tom Burgess comes through with 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 a miraculous try. I think Colomatungi in this side does tighten a lot of things up. I've got South Sydney. I just look at their one to seventeen, and I think they've got it over the Titans. However, South Sydney will need, especially in the handling department, a far better hit out, and they've got to shore up that middle defence. Um, you know that Fafita is going to run to the fringes. And if they don't shore up that fringe defence, if Sue is not on and um, and protecting people like Adam Reynolds, he might have a field day. Because although people talk about Fafita last game, he ran for about 145 metres. That, that's still a lot. And, and it's still a contribution. I've got South Sydney, but there's a lot of work to do. Yeah. Yeah. And South, South would have been disappointed with their performance last week. I think they win this one. The Titans would have been super disappointed. There's just a few stats that uh, stand out for me from that game against Manly. Their completion rate at 68%. They'll get absolutely dusted again if uh, if they do that against South. I think they ended up with 14 errors, um, conceded eight penalties. And to, to think in this day and age when we had the six again rule for a team to to concede eight penalties, that's uh, that's that's saying something. And I, I don't think... know what the six agains were, but early it felt like there was a lot of there was a few six agains that went against them as well. I don't know what yeah. the count there was. Yeah, yeah, I don't. I, I'm not. They're in discipline at the moment. They were in discipline. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, look, I I think that they've got to be much better. And I think South, uh, despite getting the win last week, they they wouldn't have been happy with that performance at all. I think they'll tighten the screws a bit. And I think, um, just like you two fellas, I think the Rabbitohs will come away with two points on the Gold Coast. Okay, our third game of the weekend. 
uh, does take us up to Darwin. We have the Parramatta Eels who are hosting the Brisbane Broncos. So we know the Broncos coming off that um, courageous effort, I'll call it, against the Panthers. They didn't quite get the chocolates in that one. Um, and you have the Parramatta Eels who defeated the Canberra Raiders. Uh, so be a very interesting matchup here. Um, we know that Dylan Brown is coming back from suspension, so that would mean Will Smith moves out of the Parramatta side. Um, he's going to go to the interchange bench with Hipgrave on the reserves. Uh, Ryan Madison, um, he's uh, he's got that concussion issue. He was a late withdrawal in round six. Uh, the word is that the club's trying to get him back. Um the, the, the line from the Eels basically is that they're going to be looking at his health as the uh, priority, which is fair enough. So he's in the reserves, but, you know, uh, they're, they're not likely to have him play. There's even talk he might come through the New South Wales Cup. Uh, for the Broncos, uh, Herbie Farnworth is set to return from his shoulder injury. Um, whilst you have uh, their new hooker, Denny Levi, coming straight into the side on the interchange bench. Um, so those who haven't kept up with that, Levi did join the club earlier this week. He started off with one of the affiliate clubs uh, of the Broncos being the North Devils. So that's um, a bit of news there for the Broncos, if you're wondering where that uh, that name came from. Uh, Katoni Staggs. They're telling us, I don't know if you're hearing similar, you know, similar things. I know, Shane, you, you talked a little bit about it. Um, is it Magic Round? Is that what you're sort of hearing as well for yeah. him? Yeah. yeah. So it, it, It's an ongoing prospect. Again, he's not quite love, there yet, but he's not no. far off. And again, like like with Trebojevic, they'd love to just give him a New South or, or an interest Super Cup game. It could be at the point where it's like with Trebojevic, they need him now. And... Uh, you know, it works for Manly. But, uh, yeah, I think um, it's going to be the super round. Yeah. So um, the Broncos That's last week definitely um, definitely improved, Griffo. You, uh, you know, as we said, you watched that game closely. We touched on the Panthers uh, coming out of that one. Um, did you see enough in the Broncos to, to think that they can trouble the Eels this week? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, it- if they can reproduce that performance from the forwards, um, I like Herbie Farmworth being back. I think he's a good player. Corey Oates was good in his comeback game. Colts is good on the other wing. Their outside backs look pretty good. Um, the questions are still around the six and seven. And, um, and what they can do on the back of uh, the platform laid by the big boys up front. Um, I, uh, I I will tip Parramatta because you know, they're a side that, that, you know, they're in form. They, they come off a big win against the Raiders in, in Canberra. So you, your form can't be much better than that. Um, I think it's going to be a tight game. I do give the Broncos a chance, but again, it just, I think they can take Parramatta a long way into this game. These guys played in round one, and I think the Broncos led 16-0 at half time and got run down. That's right, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I've got to go with Parra, even though 
Uh, I, I, I'm not convinced. Uh, you know, Paris had this little uh, hiccup during the week. Um, I don't know how much that's going to affect their performance. Um, I just, I think, you know, that they've got the runs on the board at the moment. And uh, while I didn't see that particular game, I watched the highlights and heard that it was Mitchell Moses, possibly his best game for the club last week. Uh, he's he's crucial to uh, to what they can achieve this year. And apparently, um, uh, he's you know he's sort of he's weighing up his options as to where he will sign for in 2022. He has uh, a contract with Parramatta in his favour, but apparently, you know, there might be a, a possible position uh, in in his opposition. Um, so if he can put in a good performance here, that maybe increases his value, not maybe, does increase his potential value with a few clubs who'll be looking for a, for a quality half. Good time to be a halfback at the moment when, when Chad Townsend can go up to the Cowboys and get $2 million for three years. Mm. Um, you've got to think Mitchell Moses is, is a fair, fair way above Chad Townsend. Um, I just uh, I like the look of uh, the forward pack for Parramatta with uh, Polo and, and Campbell Gillard up front. Sean Lane, Papa Lee has been uh, really good for him this year. A bargain basement, I think he's on about 150 grand, uh, and he's uh, he's delivering at about you know 400 grand's worth. So that's been a big bonus for him. I saw him in the trial against the Panthers. I thought he was really good when he came on and he's continued that every week. Um, not sure about the bench for Para. Um, Kafusi is a, a big guy. Will Smith can cover the backs. I'm not, uh, I don't know if this is the debut for Warima Greg. I, I don't, Warimu, sorry, my apologies. Um, I don't know anything about him. Uh, I've got to assume he's a, he's a forward, but I don't know that. Then you've got the enigmatic Bryce Cartwright. He's a he's a prop. Okay, okay. Yeah. So, yeah, that's probably uh, makes it look like a bench that's that's quite well balanced there. Yeah, last um, week was his debut. Last against week was his debut. Canberra. Okay, so he played last week. Okay, yeah. right. Um, the Broncos bench. They've got three very very good young forwards there in Flegler, Bullimore, and Ricky, and. Uh, it looks like Asiat has lost out um, to Danny Levi, which is an interesting uh, sign-in. Um, uh, I'm not thinking Danny Levi is one of the great hookers going around, but he's got an opportunity there. And, and if he succeeds, well, that maybe opens the way for them to play Turpin in the halves. Um, but that won't happen this week. But I think this is a good potentially a really good clash both Friday night games um, really look uh, look to be good clashes um, there must be a poo in boots somewhere on a Saturday or a Sunday I'd say because uh, uh, the first three games of the round look pretty good para for me Shane yeah I, I've got para um, don't know what more much more I can add there it's, it's, it was fairly comprehensive from from both of you Um 
I, I do look at I look at Parramatta. I just think they've got some class cross field. I thought they found a bit of mojo last week. Um, where where the week before we were questioning Parramatta and their credentials. I thought last week they found a bit of mojo. They played a really nice brand of football. They just stuck to their strengths. They had um, they 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 had they. They had a fair share of the ball, but they were able to use it in ways which which complemented what they did, and 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 it really did stifle what 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 the Raiders were trying to do. Um, I look at the Broncos. I think their forward pack. I think their forward pack is very talented. I think it's enough to trouble them. If the forward pack play the same as they did last week, Parramatta will have to do well. Um, I look look just to. That's just a small add-on to what you guys have already said. I, I think Reed Marnie's again. He's a he's, he's up for these he's up for these games to to really look at the opposition and be able to reap some havoc. Um, their bench their bench is good. Be interesting to see if Ryan Madison does play. Um, I, I just look across the field and I do think that Parramatta just they they, they seem to be. When they have a hiccup, Parramatta sides of yesteryear would have would have folded like a cheap soup for the next three or four weeks, and then it's almost like they need a rebuilding phase. Uh, last week, they just picked themselves up and played some fantastic football. I've got Parramatta. Yeah, I think um, I think Parramatta in this one it was a it was a better performance from the Broncos. I don't know if we can read into the fact too much that. Um, yeah, with Milford gone, they seem to have a little bit more direction. The Bron- the Broncos. Um, for the Eels, I think we've got to remember too when we're looking at form and uh, the run of form that Parramatta have had. The only loss they've had this year was that game against uh, the Dragons. So going through, I mean, we 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 know that they've already beaten the Broncos in round one. It's a bit, it's quite early to have a second uh, second meeting between two teams, but. Um, yeah, I mean, this is a team that was able to beat the Storm. They looked lively last week. They looked good. Their strike across the park. We've said many weeks that if Moses is um, playing well, Gutherson's going to be there in support. We know how good their big forward pack can be. And for me, I think that uh, that Parramatta's the only way to go with your tips this week in this one. Okay, moving on to the next game this week, we're going to see the Cronulla Sharks take on the Canterbury Bulldogs. This one's going to happen at 5... No, is that the next game? Yeah. 5.30 on Saturday? I I almost threw myself out of whack because of Anzac Day. I'm thinking, surely there's a 3 o'clock game. You've got it wrong. But no, Super Saturday might not be as super this week. 5.30, the Sharks take on the Bulldogs. Sorry about that one, guys. Um, In regards to the team news... Uh, something that we mentioned throughout the week on our social media page, but we haven't touched on just yet. Um, former Storm player Will Chambers, he's signed with the Cronulla Sharks. Um, the talk is there, whilst he has been named on the reserves list in number 19, they're probably expecting him to uh, play for the Sharks Feeder Club Newtown this week just to get some match fitness under his belt before coming back into the NRL side. Uh, huge in for um, the Cronulla Sharks. 
with uh, Sean Johnson named at number 15. A very interesting um, spot to see him on the interchange bench there. So keep in mind, Moylan and Townsend have been named at 6 and 7. Sean Johnson on the interchange bench this week. They might be looking to ease him back in. Uh, Josh Dugan's back in the side. He's coming into the centres after he uh, missed last week's game due to the head knock suffered in round 5. Um... The only other news, Wade Graham, he's still out with that concussion recovery. And Aiden Tolman, he's taken the early guilt to plea for a crusher tackle. For the Bulldogs, Lachlan Lewis, he hasn't played since that concussion in round four on uh, Good Friday. Uh, I've noticed that he's on the reserves list in the number 19 jersey this week. So um, keep an eye on him. That might be um, a late inclusion could be something that they, um, you know, they're just naming him just to, just to say, okay, yeah, he's on his way back. You don't want to rush those concussion ones. Um, Napa and Thompson are the new starting props. We talked about Hetherington being suspended, and um, Tony is on the bench after starting last week in the front row. The Bulldogs, Shano, I'll go to you first. They're still yet to win a game. Um, the Cronulla Sharks, we, we talked a lot about them last week and the impact that, you know, the coaching merry-go-round. We, you know, you weren't on the podcast last week. Griffo and I were dumbfounded. You were breaking the news. It was a big week for the Sharks. They couldn't get the win on the field. A lot of players coming back this week. It's a bit of a new team. What are you liking about the Sharks this week going into the game against the Bulldogs? <laughs> I suppose it's the return of their players. Like um, they've got some, they've got some decent ins these week. This week, um, Sean Johnson is is by far the biggest one. Um, last week, twice this year, that the Sharks have had games where it's almost like they just didn't want to win. That it's, it's they were close. The other game I was thinking about is, I'm just trying to think who it was, uh, the Raiders game, you know, where they play this, they play this brand of football where it's almost like they've put money against themselves and they get to a position where they can win. They go, oh, hang on, we better not win now because we'll lose money. Um, they just, they can get themselves there or thereabouts. And then when it comes to doing it, they just fall apart, which which is so bizarre. I I don't think a coaching reshuffle will help this. I think it'll actually hinder it even more. When I look at the dogs last week, at the 70th minute, they were in it up to their eyeballs. By the 80th, it was never going to be a chance. Um, they sh- they're showing better signs. Is this the week where they're going to win? Probably not. I'd be very surprised if they did. I just think that the Sharks have too much class across the board. For me, Graham, just to go back, when we look at the Sharks and who they've got, um, their forward pack can get the job done. It's a very solid forward pack. Uh, I think that's the term I I want, solid. They can be safe. But I've said it every week when I talk about the Sharks, if they don't stop, treating the ball with total disrespect in their own 40, they're not going to go anywhere in this competition. They, it's, it's, this is not a problem. This is not a problem they've had 
recently, this has been going on since last year. They just they just make the most simplest of errors at times. They just waltz clubs back in. And then what will happen is, is, is they'll get some really poor field position and then they're kicking in a poor, poor area. And rather than kick to corners, they're throwing it straight down the middle of the park where the fullback or wing is running it back and, you know, they're 40 out first tackle and it's 40 out of their own end first tackle. Look, they're not going to have the opposition throw things at them like the dogs will. The dogs will the dogs will just try and play very simple football, very one-out football, and they're going to just try and, and, and do the little things right. And if, if they do them a bit better than, than Cronulla, they might jag a win. I think when you look at the people across the park and the inclusion of Sean Johnson, I've got the Sharks. That's taking nothing away from what the dogs did last week. But the dogs need to start finding some football, um, some football craft, some rugby league craft. Um, you know, Kyle Flanagan last year would kick to corners. He's not doing that this year. Like, you know, I know you've not the Roosters anymore, but you can still kick to the corners, mate. That, that's that's a fundamental of the game. Now make it difficult for the opposition. What the dogs are doing is they're making it very easy for the opposition at the moment. But I've got the Sharks. So Griffo, with the I want to ask you about the dogs here, and sorry, I don't want to you know depress you too much, but we'll have a chat about the dogs. They they haven't won yet. They it's not as though they've had a game either where you go, oh, they look like winning, and they were unlucky. Where do they? Where are they going to find that spark if they are going to put some points on the board this week and try and trouble the sharks? Yeah, I, I don't think. You know, I just look at this team and I don't see a lot there. Um, they're, they're guys that might play better if they're in another side. Um, Nick Kotrick, for example, came from a high quality team where he was a high quality player. He's playing in a low-quality team, and, and his quality is diminished as a mm. result. Um, likewise, Corey Allen, who was doing some really good things at the back end of last season with the Rabbitohs, got an opportunity. Well, he went there as a number one. He's now number four via number two or five. Um, I just... I don't know. They, they go to this club, they put on that jersey and they become a lesser player. Um, the Gold Coast were like that in the past where where guys would maybe, you know, get a bit more money to go to the club who had to pay overs and then consequently they don't play as well when they go to this poor quality uh, outfit, which for a few years the Bulldogs have been. Um I, I don't I can't say individually you know that that each player is an ordinary player because they've got some decent players and as I said these guys in a different club would go but look at Napa Napa was high quality at one stage at the Roosters he was almost he was outshining uh, Jared while we were Hargreaves I can't say that in a in a blue and white jersey He's had a good game. Uh, he might have, but just I haven't seen it. Um, 
I, I just think the Sharks have got too many ways to score tries and, and the Bulldogs won't be able to match that. The Bulldogs might get a few, um, but I just I can't see I can't see them beating the Sharks. Um, you know, the Sharks, they, they've had all this trouble off the field with the coach and whatnot disappearing. Um, I just think with the likes of Moylan, William Kennedy, Jesse Ramian, Connor Tracy, then off the bench, Sean Johnson. Um, I just think they got too many guns to fire, and um, and it'll be another loss for the Dogs. Yeah, that that pretty much sums it up for me too. I think too many players coming back from the Sharks, um, just too many um, opportunities for them to score points in that back line, and I think the um, the Sharks will get back into the winning way. So uh, Sharks for me. <laughs> Okay, so moving on to our second game of Super Saturday this week. Uh, We're going to head up to Townsville to see the Cowboys take on the Canberra Raiders. This game will kick off at 7.35pm. For the Cowboys, um, they're coming off a win last week. So, uh, as you could imagine, they're going to stick with the same 17. For those who are still following... um, we know that Jason Tamalolo, he's sidelined by that other hand injury. Uh, they're hoping round eight. So, um, you know, that was that was a bit of a funny one uh, because we haven't seen Tamalolo since round one. He had a hand injury, and then as he was preparing to come back, um, you know, he, he, he's, he's injured um, the other hand from what I understand. So a bit of, bit of bad luck there. Um, have, you ever, have you ever seen anyone have bad luck there where they break one hand and break the other? It's 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 bizarre, isn't it? What he, he hit two different doors, did he? <laughs> I don't know. Look, I, I, I'm not. It is bizarre. It, it, it's totally bizarre. Yeah. Um, it's like I said, he just jammed it in the door so he wouldn't have to play. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, look, it seems that way. To be honest, I know I might be wrong, but that's just how it seems. Mm. You break yeah, your yeah. hand and then you're coming back and then you break the other one. I mean. Yeah, it doesn't look good to be honest, but no. uh, it may be perfectly innocent. No, Just totally, totally bizarre. Anyway, for the Raiders, we've got Tom Starling at hooker this week. Uh, Josh Hodgson out with a calf injury. Um, Josh Papali and Joseph Tarpanay. Very interesting to see um, those guys dropped out of the starting thirteen. Um. Tarpanay is number 21 this week. Papali number 17. Not sure what's, um, what's happening there. It'd be interesting to see whether they do a bit of a shuffle late on. I don't know if that's, um, you know, Ricky Stewart trying to send a bit of a message to his forwards. Uh, we do see Ryan James, though, get the opportunity to start at prop. Uh, he wasn't in the side last week, as we know. Um That'll mean that Ryan Sutton, he's going to go from the front row to lock where we normally see uh, Tarpanay. Um, Gula starting this week uh, in the number 10 jersey. So brand new set of props uh, in the starting side for the Raiders with James and Gula. So we'll see how that works out for the Raiders. Um, Harry and Naira and Horsborough are going to come onto the bench. I think from memory, this is the first time where we're seeing them this year. So uh, it'll be uh, interesting to see how those blokes go. And we've also got Soliola going back to the reserves as well. 
Um, Sebastian Chris, he's going to be playing in the number two jersey this week on the wing for the Raiders for Bailey Simonson, who failed his HIA last week. A lot of talk last week on this podcast and hope that the Raiders were going to have a good performance against the Parramatta Eels. However, Griffo, we saw the Eels get up in that one and uh, really dominate the Raiders, and they'll be really looking to bounce back on the road this week. Well, they have to. Um, they're, they're a club that I thought were going to be uh, challenging the top four. Um, they're the only club that I had in my top eight at the start of the year that are not actually in the eight at the moment. Um, Dragons are there. I had the Raiders there. I think I think the Raiders, you know, will push eventually into the top eight because there are too many uh, too many good players there. Um, they're not playing well at the moment, obviously, but they they're coming up against a side that they won their two last games. Uh, to their credit, they got over the top of uh, of the West Tigers uh, with a big first half. And then they beat the Bulldogs. Um, so while that's going to give the, the Cowboys a little bit of confidence, there's certainly uh, four points looks a lot better on the ladder than zero. Uh, I don't think they go past four this week. Okay, I think it's too too important to Canberra, um, who are now three and three. And uh, they are a side that uh, can't afford to drop these two points. Too important. I think... Uh, you know, we'll start to see better things from the Raiders starting this week. A lot of changes there. Uh, Josh Hobbs, Hodgson uh, with a mystery injury. Um, I think this could be another one of these uh, things where, well, it's, it's a calf injury. Um, yeah, maybe he is. I don't know. Um, so he, had, he came off. Remember the other week he came off, there was a hip flexor. That was in that Penrith game. There's been a few little niggly ones there, and okay. interesting. Yeah. So, but yeah, calf, totally different injury again. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just think it's too important to Canberra, and if there are any sort of uh, any aspirations to be uh, to be challenging for the NRL competition, they have to win this game, and, and I think they will. Um, you know, Cowboys have got a little bit of talent there with. Uh, particularly Scott Drinkwater and Valentine Holmes. But I just think uh, I think it's just too important for the Raiders. Shane? Yeah. Um, look, I, I thought you guys um, made a really, really valid point last week in the podcast when talking about ladder. And I, I can't remember. Uh, it might have been you, Gray, uh, mentioned ladder pressure. One of you did, or, or maybe I thought of it as you were talking about, and I totally agree. I think I'll take the credit though. Yeah, I, I, I it's funny because I totally agree. I, I, that's why I fundamentally object to two points for a buy because all of a sudden it inflates and deflates certain sides. Yeah, it's if, like a... the buy should be no points, and 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 I think regardless of the round, the ladder and the points are so important, and we're seeing that with Canberra at the moment. Canberra are three and three, and, mm-hmm. and you're right, Griff. They lose this game, they're in trouble. They've got a they've got a lot of ground to make up to be in the four, let alone be in the not be in the eight, let alone the four. 
Um, uh, look, I, I think I think for all the reasons you mentioned, they're going to come good this week. They've got a good roster. They've got class across the field. I think the back three are, are going to start to do some some, some better things. Um, with Nickel Clock start um, absent for some time, I thought I thought that last week they you know. They just missed, missed the point on so many levels. But yeah, I, I think they're going to go into this week with a far more methodical mindset that, that they're going to have to start to win. Um, teams like Canberra, and we saw it with South Sydney last year, it, it's, not about, it's not about are they going to win. When they have to win, they seem to put it together. Um, I've got Canberra this week for that reason. I think across the park, they've got, they got, they got far better players um, they look a bit more gelled. I thought last week, although the dogs did come goods in some ways, I didn't think that the Cowboys were great. I, I thought that, you know, it, it was it was getting to the point where which team was going to stuff up and the other team will win. Um, I, I don't think, although they got the two points, the Cowboys, I don't think they had the class to... to, to to, to defeat any other team that week. Um, I've, I've got Canberra Gray. Yeah. And, and as you guys, you know, mentioned there, the Cowboys, yeah, they've scored 64 points in their last two games, but this will be a step up in opposition uh, with the Raiders. We, we did talk about it a bit last week, Griff, where, um, and, and Shane, you said you were listening in. Um, it's fair to say, I think, that if you win half of your games, a good for and against might get you eighth, a bad for and against might mean ninth. And that's sort of what we've seen in previous seasons. You've, you've got to win more games than what you lose to, to make the top eight. That seems to be a bit of a cutoff point. And this is where Canberra just need to keep on the right side of that uh, equation in ensuring they've got more wins than losses. And they're, they're really you know towing a dangerous line there. Shane mentioned Charles Nickel Clockstar. Uh, the I suppose one piece of good news in his injury is that he's not actually going to have to have surgery at the moment. So, you know, even still, they're, they're going to be without him for about three to six weeks. Um, that's what you sort of, you know, looking at in regards to, um, you know, disc issues in the neck. So there's a blow. We know that Hodgson... I think the calf, they're probably looking at two or three weeks with that one. So they do have a few players missing, but I still think that the Raiders, they should have enough motivation to win this one. And I'm tipping them on motivation alone and the fact that they want to be a contender and push and be a um, a solid top eight team this year. So I'm going to go the Raiders in this one. Okay, moving on now to Sunday. So this will be the first of the games that we have on Anzac Day, which is the 25th of April. We have Anzac Day this weekend. There are three games on Anzac Day. The first one, um, don't get caught out by this one because I thought it was a bit of an unusual kickoff time, especially if you're heading out to Bankwest Stadium. 1.45pm, the NRL website have listed as the kickoff time for the Tigers versus the Seagulls, so make sure you get there early because often it's a 2 o'clock kickoff, so make sure if you're a Tigers or Seagulls fan, you're there by 1.45 for the kickoff on Sunday. The Tigers, we know, coming off that game against the Rabbitohs, um, 
Michael Cheekham, one of the favourites we know of uh, Shane, and we talk about him a lot on the, the show. Uh, seems as though he can do anything he wants to do. This week he's going to be a centre. Um, the uh, other injuries that they have... No, actually, sorry, I should say Joey Leilua is actually coming back after missing a week. Um, so he's going to come onto the reserves bench there, which is normally the spot that Cheekham has. Um, so, yeah, not a lot of team news there happening at the Tigers. Um, just a couple of ins and outs. Des Hasler, as you'd imagine, he was pretty happy. Um, he would have had Eagle Rock blasting in the car on the trip back from Mudgee. He's got the same 17 blokes um, running out this week, including the very important number one, Tom Trebojevic, who in his return, Shano, was simply magnificent. Is it fair to say that if your last name's Trebojevic, that one man can make a difference? Well, you know, <laughs> that, that's, that's the lowest common denominator, isn't it? Um, yeah. I, I was bewildered last week, just how... And, and you know, Trebojevic played well, don't get me wrong, but... Everyone was finding gaps in the defence. Like it wasn't, it wasn't just any one player. It was like everyone. Um, look, I look at this game, and there's a big part of me that says, you know, Manly did win last week, but beware jumping on the bandwagon. That you know, I want to see two good weeks out of Manly before I start saying. All right, I might pick them. I felt for the Tigers last week because I thought they played very well, especially that 10 minutes either side of half time. Um, can one player make the difference? I think they can. They do um, quite often. I look at the I look at the teams and Manly have just figured out and I don't know whether this is because Dubojevic is back or not. They've figured out how to use people like Jason Saab, like Brad Parker, in their sides to work towards their strengths. It's almost like Desi was trying to get them to play this brand of football that Desi wanted them to play. And then all of a sudden, he's like, nah, look, play to your strengths. And I don't know whether Dubojevic in has helped that. It's got to have. He's, a, he's an exceptional player. Does one man make a difference? They can. Most definitely they can. And last week I thought he did. But there was a lot of players doing a lot of things last week. Um, I, this one's harder to pick than a broken nose. I, I, I've got Manly because they've got a guy called Trebojevic. That's taking nothing away from the Tigers. I thought Adam Dwayne had the game of his career against South Sydney. He stood up against his mm. old club. His kicking game was outstanding. Like, did he have three or four um, line dropout kicks? He he really controlled the game in that area. He he is the one tiger now who knows what it means to build pressure. And, and I just wish there was a couple of other tigers that went went along and helped him with that. If he does the same thing to Manly that he did against South, it, it could be the Tigers for the taking. I've look, yeah, I've got, I've got Manly. 
<coughs> Manly for the win. Yeah, it, it's interesting. I'll just just before I go to you, Griffo, I just want to ask you just the psychology of tipping this one, Shane. And I know this is a big if, and I know we're talking in ifs and buts, but just quickly, I know you've tipped Manly there, and I know Manly with the bookies have gone in favourite. Let's just say parallel universe. Tom Burgess now. That ball, he almost dropped that. That was very close. Yes, he did. And I know this is big ifs and buts, but we could very well be talking about Brooks putting the ball down at the other end and the Tigers coming off a win against South. Would you think that that would sway a lot of tipsters if... No. Oh, maybe. Do you think a lot of people would say, well, the Tigers beat South last week. They can beat Manly. Is that... Do you think that's... It doesn't sway... I've I, I got to be honest with you, Gray. I, I don't look at Golden Point performances. I just look at 80 minutes. At 80, well, in my, they had in a draw opinion, with South. In my opinion, they had a draw with South. Um, so does that mean, do you the, think that, that then, you know, a lot of people it, would say, okay, should. a draw with South? It, it can. It can. I just think when you look at the two sides head to head, Travojevic is a guy difference. that, look, he, he could. I, I thought they aimed up against South. Yeah. Being a higher club. I thought the way he had something to play for and he showed it, he, he, Look, he, he was definitely in the top three best players, if not if not the best in a beaten side. Um, I just look at Trebojevic and think, well, he's a fresh guy now who had a good hit out last week. What could he do now with one game under his belt? Yeah, yeah, definitely. What are your thoughts on Manly Griffo with Trebojevic back in the side? It definitely uh, gives him a bit of a confidence boost as we saw last week. No, no doubt. You know, he's he's the most important player at that club. Um, and the other guys rise when they see him lacing the boots up in the dressing room. Um, it's amazing how, how much of a difference he makes. Um, but as I said, it's not just his ability as an individual player, but it just brings confidence to the rest of the team. Um in saying that, I've just got a feeling that I'm going to tip the Tigers in this one with no confidence. It, it is a tough game. It's a, it's a 50-50, um, this one for sure. Um, the Tigers at one of their homes at Bankwest Stadium must be confusing for these guys. They've got so many different homes. But, you know, um, I guess they'll never be homeless when you've got that many homes. But... Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, look, I, I actually, you know, looking at both sides, they, they, I just like the look of I think the Tigers 17 does look a good team. Uh, they've got only two points to show for it, but uh, I think they can get the job done, but that's, you know, with no confidence at all. Um, from what I heard, the young hooker had a good game last week. Uh, again, I haven't seen the game in its entirety, but Jake Simpkin, he, he mm. went all right, did he? Or... Yep. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. And and that's 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 another thing too, like, you know, around that ruck and, and whatnot. There were times where the Tigers actually had a, a good roll on off the back of his performance, and South were looking tired. And it's not often you see South in that middle third of the field looking tired and um and and yeah it was really on the off the back of that service and the and the and the ruck from from Simkin so he's definitely been a good addition for them Griff. Yeah. Yeah, it looks like a strong forward pack they've got there um i i can't add 
too much. I, I can't definitively say that, you know, the Tigers will do this and that. I just think they're going to get confidence out of last week's game. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to stick with them for this week, but it's, uh, it's certainly not one that, uh, you can be confident either way. What, what do you think, Graham? Yeah. Um, this is a tough one. Yeah. And like you said, the West Tigers played their best game last week. I don't know if it took a lot out of them. I don't know if they lifted for the for the opposition, whether it was, you know, they knew they were coming up against one of the, the competition heavyweights. Um, the Sea Eagles, it, it, it's, it's so hard to comment because I didn't see that performance coming. Um, I, I, if you had told me this time last week, oh, Manly's going to win 36-0, I would have laughed. And I'm, and this is coming from a bloke who, at the start of the year, tried to tell you guys that this team's a top eight side. Uh, they're a different, they're a different team with Trebojevic. And, and what I've been alluding to is not necessarily one player makes that difference, say just physically. I actually think the confidence of the Manly side is so much higher when Trebojevic is there. It's like. You know, when you've got the under-8s and you've got that really, really good kid in the team and everyone else goes, oh, we're all right because we've got Jimmy and he's the best player in the league. It's it's a bit like that with Tom Trebojevic. I just feel as though Manly looked like they had a lot of energy. They had confidence. They looked like when they played that something was going to come of the, the play and that it was worth going through the actual um, through the actual plays themselves and that, you know, that there could be a result at the end of it. I'm going to go Manly in this one. A couple of reasons being, um, I worry that the Tigers are going to be a bit flat. They they got up massively for that game against South, especially the forwards. As I said, you know, they really ripped in. We talked about Simkin. I'm just trying to see if I can get some stats on him, but he, he also made a lot of work. Did a lot of work in defence. I think I don't think he cracked the sixty tackles. I think he was in the high fifties. I'm I I I worry that the Tigers might be a bit drained, and I don't know if they can get up and play at that intensity two weeks in a row. And I think the Seagulls might um might make the most of that. So I'm going to tip Manly this week, and um yeah, I'll, I'll back them to continue their good run of form. <laughs> All right, so moving on uh, on Anzac Day, our traditional Anzac Day clash that we've seen over uh, the past... Um, well, they've been doing this clash, actually, for quite a number of years now, I should say. Uh, it seems like a fairly... I was going to say it's a fairly new thing, but not really when we look at how long they've been doing it for. It's um, become a real, I suppose, cornerstone of that Anzac Day uh, lineup. The Roosters are taking on the Dragons this week at the Sydney Cricket Ground, 405 PM. Um, the big news, as we touched on earlier, for the Roosters, we know that Victor Radley is cleared to play after last night's judiciary hearing. Um, Brett Morris, he's had some calf tightness and was a late withdrawal from last week's game with the Storm. Uh, he's named to return this week, so Ikevalu is dropping out of the side. Um, Sam Verrill's returning at hooker, another big name for the Roosters. So Marshke's going to go back to the bench, which will push Kieran then out of the side. Um, I think it was actually against the Dragons last year when um, 
Ferrell's might have uh, last played. So it's been a long time between drinks for him. Um, the Roosters are also reporting that Rory Hargraves and Takiyaho are going to be good to go on Anzac Day, despite the fact they couldn't finish the game against the Storm. So keep an eye on that. Rory Hargraves has a shoulder injury. Takiyaho's injury uh, is a rib injury. So we'll definitely keep an eye on that one. Um, Ben Hunt uh, has been reported this week as saying that he has a 50-50 chance to return for the Dragons. As you may remember, um, he fractured his fibula. So he's basically looking at coming back from a fracture in his lower leg. He's only missed about three games. So I, I don't think it's um, it's likely we'll see him um, in this one, even though he's named at number 21 and people would like to, to think that he might be a chance. I'm quite skeptical on that one. They're going to give him the opportunity this week to see how he comes through training. Adam Clune, as we know, is named in the number seven and he has been doing the job recently. Um, Corey Norman, his house partner, uh, has been named at 5'8", and he did have a bit of a shoulder injury after last week's game, but they reckon he's good to go. Uh, Blake Laurie's also back after missing the Warriors game with a cork. Um, traditionally, the Dragons actually have a pretty good record on Anzac Day. The Roosters last week come up against some stiff opposition. Both teams generally lift for this one, Shano, so it's definitely going to be something to look forward to on Sunday afternoon. This is one of my favourite games of the year. I absolutely love the Anzac Day round, and uh, big shout-out to all our current and past ex-service men and women out there, service people, I should say. Um, I hope I hope you have a great Anzac Day. Um, yep. here, here. It's it's something that it's a, it's a very important part of our culture, and um, I love this game. I, I really do. This is this is something that I look forward to every year. This game, because regardless of where each team is at, they turn up. And, and it's going to be, and of course, we've got the uh, Anzac Day uh, jerseys, which are always a feature of um, of this round, which will be interesting to see. You're right about the St. George Illawarra Dragons. They, they, every year, they seem to be able to come through this game and, and, and produce something out of the ordinary. Um, I look at I look at the Dragons, and I think that I think that last week they would have been frustrated by the way they played football. Um, they played, you know, they played a Warriors side whose completion rate was outstanding. But you know, um, at one stage there, you really thought that, you know, you thought that when when um, I think it was Matt Dufty went over in the sixth in the fifty ninth minute, you honestly thought that that St George were just going to roll over the top. They're going to complete their sets. They're going to do all the little things right. And they're going to win, and then then step in. Um, RTS and, and scores a try and then then a conversion and a penalty goal later. It's all she wrote. Um, I do think that in this game, uh, the Roosters do have it over the St. George Illawarra Dragons. But in saying that, I think I think what I'm seeing from their one six seven nine it really impresses me. It's if it's been a feature of of, of their wins over the last um, last few weeks. 
Their forward pack just needs to go back and do what the forward pack does well. They're up against a classy side in the Roosters, though. I think that regardless of what the best of St. George has, I think the Roosters will be far better. Right? Um, yeah, I was going to say, Griffo, the, the Roosters, they've shown some signs of being a bit uncharacteristic here and there throughout the season. It's not something that we see often. 51 missed tackles last week. I know they were playing the Storm. Um, completion rate at 70%. What are you making of the Roosters at the moment? And I know we talk about this this uh, every week. When they win, we seem to be putting a lot of praise on young Sam Walker. Was last week a bit of a sign that against quality competition, um, there's a little bit more needed? Uh, look, I um, they they, uh, they tried hard against the Storm, but you know they didn't score a try until the last minute of the game. Um, this is a team, the Roosters, who who are without a number of players, um, and I I was I was actually leaning towards the Dragons for this game until I looked at the okay. Roosters lineup. Um, and it's still a strong lineup. Yeah, uh, yeah, right. Their their outside backs one to five. Uh, uh, are the outside backs one to five, irrespective of who was available. Um, obviously those those changes in the halves there. Um, Hutchinson's been Hutchinson's been going okay. Walker, he's he's a guy who who um, who racks up the try assists. Um. You look at the forwards, Liu, solid. Takiyaho's a really good player. We know Verrills is, is a quality nine. Um, coming back from that injury, that's why they've got the, uh, the, the this substitute hooker on the bench. Um, Crichton and Tupanua, um, dangerous back rowers. Victor Radley is a quality player. Add to that on the bench, Wario Hargreaves. Lindsay Collins, Lindsay Collins is a state of origin player. Butch is a good player. It's still a good 17. Good enough to beat all but the, the heavyweights, I think. Um, and St. George Illawarra on the, uh, on the ladder look good. Um, and they've been playing good quality football. I don't want to, to take away from what they've been doing. But I don't think... Uh, I don't think they've got the team to beat the Roosters. I can't. I can't say they won't beat the Roosters, but I'm sort of sixty forty here with the Roosters. Whereas the previous game, I thought fifty fifty, the Tigers and the Sea Eagles. I, I, I lean towards the Roosters, given that they are able to beat the teams that they're expected to beat. Um, and, and uh, to be honest, at the start of the season, um, you thought Anzac Day, you thought, well, the Roosters by how many? Um, obviously, mm. the form of the Dragons and the injuries to the Roosters definitely evens it up significantly. But I just think the Roosters, uh, with the likes of Tedesco there, the Morris brothers, Manu, um, Walker, as I said, he's he's going to provide for them. 
Uh, and it is still a strong forward pack. Um, Dragons have got some bullets to fire, obviously, with Dufty, the two centres, Bird and Lomax. Uh, Ravalawa can score a try. Um, their forwards have, have achieved to greater levels than, than anyone thought they would. Um, but I, I still think, uh, on balance, I've got to follow the Roosters here with, uh, with my tip. Yeah. Who are you going for, Greg? Yeah, I'm going the Roosters as well. Uh, I think you guys have um, pretty much summed it up in a sense that whilst the Roosters aren't what we thought they would be, um, and, and obviously key injuries around your halves are going to have a massive impact on that, there's still some quality in this team. There's some really, really uh, top-notch players. And Griffo, you alluded to that back line. Um, Tedesco, we know what he can do. Those outside backs are... You know they're going to be in the side regardless of who's available. I like the fact that we've got a team now with Ferrells and Radley back in that forward pack. I think they add uh, plenty, and I think where we're going to see a big, um, a big difference in the sides is when we start to see the, um, the that bench rotation. I think your Maria Hargraves, Butcher, and Collins coming off. Um, I just think that that's uh, a lot of quality that they still have coming off the bench. They'll want to lift for for this game. I know both clubs lift, but the um the Roosters I think just have that little bit more class. Been impressed by the Dragons, but against a top notch opposition, I don't know that we're going to see the Dragons um be afforded the opportunities they have in other games. So I'm definitely going with the Roosters in this one. Okay, our final game of the weekend is going to take place at Amy Park in Melbourne. Sunday at 6.15pm, we have the Storm hosting the Warriors. Uh, The big team news for the Storm, well, there's two bits of news. Uh, I suppose it's, you know, do you want the good news or the bad news? Uh, The good news I'll give first, Dale Finucane named on the bench to play his first match of the year. Uh, The the Storm are saying he's still got to get through a few fitness tests, but... um, I think that uh, he'll be good to go. I think that's just them uh, talking it up. I think it was Ryan Hoffman that uh, that said that to the media this week. The big out for them is Ryan Pappenhausen. He's not in this week's squad. What we're hearing is that uh, it's a shoulder injury. They're not expecting uh, Ryan Pappenhausen to miss more than two games. So we know he's out this week. Uh, there's a possibility that he'll be out next week against the Sharks. But... Uh, Surprise, surprise, they'll make sure he's there the week after when they take on the Rabbitohs. So uh, you'd imagine even if he's not 100% next week, they might uh, they, they won't want to rush him. They've got Nico Hines coming in uh, to take over the number one jersey. He's done that already this year, earlier on in the season, uh, and did a good job there as well. Um, for the Warriors... Uh, there's a bit of talk about Reese Walsh and Rocco Berry possibly coming into calculations for debuts. They're on the reserve list this week. Um, they're starting to look pretty slim, the Warriors, in regards to their outside backs. Um, some of their injuries include you know, Peter Hiku, who had that dislocated shoulder, um, Adam Pompey's ankle injury. That's really um, you know caused a bit of a shuffle in that back line. Uh, 
Good news, I suppose, in the sense that David Fisatua coming back from his hamstring uh, injury. Uh, that'll also see a shuffle with Montoya going to the centers. And I thought it was interesting, too, to see this week they've got Jack Murchie in the centers. From um, what I've seen, he plays mainly back row. So be interesting to see how he goes there. Uh, also notice that we've got Bailey Sirinan in the number 17 this week. He's making his return from a shoulder injury. Um, Paul Turner, he's also out with a shoulder injury. Uh, this is also another game that we've seen uh, become a bit of a prominent feature on Anzac Day. As you'd imagine, the Warriors' um, record in this fixture hasn't been uh, great. I think the last time they beat the Storm on Anzac Day was in 2014. The Storm, they've been, oh, as, as you'd imagine, through that whole time, uh, well, their whole history, they've been a top side. This week, they are missing Ryan Pappenhausen. Um, Griffo, I want to get your thoughts because, um, you know, you've talked already today about uh, Harry Grant, the importance to this side. We also know that you're a big fan of Pappenhausen. How do you think the Storm are tracking in regards to uh, defending their premiership this year? Yeah, they've... uh... They're going okay. Um, they've lost two games. One was against Penrith and the other was against the Parramatta Eels. So um, both of those sides they've lost against are going really well. Um, they have had their own wins over heavyweight teams in the Roosters and the Rabbitohs. So, um, you know, you come up against the heavyweights, you're going to expect that you're going to, you know, win some, lose some. Um they're coming up against a team who are certainly not in that class. And while the Warriors will be, be happy that uh, they got the victory over the Dragons last week, um, they're stepping up against the Melbourne Storm. Now, now the Melbourne Storm without Pappenhausen are not the same side. And, and you, can't, you can't get away from that at all, that, that their attacking power uh, is, is dampened by the loss of, of Pappenhausen. Nico Hines is a good player, um, and he performed well when he came in against the Panthers, did a really good job. But he doesn't, and, and nobody in the competition really provides what Pappenhausen does. Mm. Um, he's a unique uh, talent. Um, so uh, attacking-wise, the Storm aren't going to be quite as dangerous. Uh, but... They got uh, the return of Finucane, um, which adds to what is already a really strong forward pack in, in the Bromwich brothers, Kafusi, Welch, Asofa Solomona, um, Brandon Smith there to start the game. And then you've got this super sub in Harry Grant. Add to that three very, very good players in, in Finucane, Tom Eisenhuth and, uh, and the Kama Chameleon, a big two-y. Um, it's formidable. Uh, I don't think the Warriors can match them uh, in that department. The Warriors obviously traditionally have, have a big, strong side. Um, and then, yeah, they've got a good pack of forwards. I, I don't think they're quite at full strength 
Um, I see uh, Elias Katoa is still not returned. He was dropped last week. Um, so uh, and Ben Murdoch Masilla comes into the starting lineup as a, as a back rower. Um, I don't know if that's his best spot. I think these days he's a, he's a very large human um, and probably more suited to the middle of the field. But yeah, their bench is stacked with forwards as well. So um, I think we'll see one of these young backs that you mentioned, either Rockleberry or Reese Walsh. Mm. Walsh has got huge wraps on him out of the Broncos system. Um, and he's the likely replacement uh, long-term for Roger at the back. I'll be really surprised if we see Jack Murchie start in the centers. Uh, as you said, we know him as a back rower. Um, I just think, you know, while Melbourne lose Papinhausen, they've still got that halves combination of Jerome Hughes and Cameron Munster. Um, they're certainly, their outside backs are not as dangerous as, uh, as, as what they could be, but, uh, I just think the forward power of the storm, the the guile and the genius of Harry Grant, Munster is arguably the best player in the game. They got enough there to, to overcome the Warriors. Shane, what do you think? Storm win. By uh, storm win. <laughs> You'd have to take away their one to seventeen and replace them with <laughs> you know replace it with something else. Um yeah, they win by a country mile. Um I, I'm almost locking them in for my Joker. Um <clears throat> uh for my margin this week. That's gonna be tough this week, the Joker. Yeah, and that's why I just I'm just going for safety first. And I honestly think that you know, no Pat probably hurts their attack a little bit. They got more than enough across the field. I got nothing more to add. You, you've very comprehensively covered uh, everything that 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 I that I was going to talk about. I, I don't think that there's anything there. The only thing I the only thing I can I can add is that if if there's value for the Warriors, it might be just throwing the ball out to the fringes and getting a, a couple of big guys to run. Maybe on those edge now, just to make meters. It's not gonna. It's not gonna be the trick shot that'll get your tries. Uh, Rogers in the middle. He's the guy that's gonna score them. It just might add a bit of value. But look, I I can't see. I can't see the Warriors uh, putting a dent in 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 the storm this week, Gray. No, neither can I. I I, I can't. And it's it's not taking anything away from the Warriors. Um, the Storm are just, they're just so dominant. They can afford to lose, you know, I, I, you know, I was going to say arguably their, their best player. They've got, you know, Griffo just mentioned there, Cameron Munster's probably their best player. And then, you know, Griffo was even talking earlier about on the bench, one of the best hookers in the game. They've just got so much talent. They've got so much strike. The Warriors, they've been one of those teams this year where we were really impressed with them. They might fall off for a week and then they have another good week. Um, they've got that up and down season happening, which is going to keep them, I think, as we progress towards the end of the season, uh, just sitting on the edge of the eight. So I don't expect them to win this one. I hope they have a good hit out because I like to see the Warriors do well, but I just think there's just there's too much class and too much power in this storm side. I'd be very surprised if the Warriors get near them this week. Can I add, sorry. Yeah. One thing that worries me about the Warriors 
is that they had 40 from 41 and they almost lost it. Their fifth tackle options yep. have not been great all year and and they're still not right. It, they they almost had the, the perfect completion rate and lost the match. That, yeah. that, that you know, that that's yeah. sure you're not letting opposition, you're not giving the opposition cheap ball, but you're not doing a lot with it. Like that kind of completion rate with a guy like RTS in your side, you should have won by 30. Mm. Yeah, no, nah, fair call. Yeah. And they're coming up against yeah. a team this week that not only completes, <clears throat> the, the Storm will complete over 80%. But um, when they get inside your twenty, it's it's on. So um, yeah, the storm will definitely use the ball this week. Uh, yeah, definitely. So I'm not surprised. All three of us there uh, picking the storm in that one. All right, fellas. Well, that's um, that's this week preview. There's a fair bit to look forward to uh, this week. A- I think Anzac Day weekend always a great weekend to look forward yep. to rugby league and otherwise. Yeah, no, definitely look forward to it. Um, is there a particular game you think this week, Griffo, that stands out as one that we're looking forward to? Yeah, for me personally, uh, tomorrow night, yeah. Um, yep, see if Penrith but, can uh, keep the run happening. Yeah, but in terms of, uh, you know, take my my uh, my interest in the Panthers out of it, I think the game I most look forward to is probably uh, the traditional Anzac Day clash. Yeah between uh, the Roosters and the Dragons. I think they'll be, you know, putting up hopefully a full house sign there. Um, It's a Sunday as well. Uh, You know, we don't see Anzac Day on a Sunday too often. Um, But, uh, yeah, this is is a game that irrespective of where the sides are on the ladder, it always seems to to bring out the best in the two teams. And, and I think, and I hope it does on Sunday as well. I, it's, you know, I tip the roosters, but uh, it, it's, it's almost a 50, 50, this one as well. And it's good to see that, you know, we, we've got a round where we haven't got clear cut winners um, as we've seen in some previous rounds. Um, a lot of contests there, even, you know, the Raiders and the Cowboys, because the Raiders have been down on form they're they're no, they're no shoe in to win that game. But, um, yeah, there's a lot to look forward to. Um, the uh, I'm looking forward it, to the Tigers-Manly game. I think that, yeah. That's, I think that, that'll that be a really good, yeah, um, good game. I was actually going to just bring up, Graham, in that game, if any of the, if either of those sides think that they're a shot at making the fringes of the eight, they have to win. Look, I'll, I'll, I'll draw a line. Oh, not, not that I had them in there to begin with. But, you know, the Tigers lose. They're second last with one win. Yeah, they, they're, they're in a lot of trouble. And, and as, for, as for Manly, um, you know, they, they've, they've, got, they've got four points in the bag. If they can get a win, it puts them on the out. It just puts them on the outside of the eight with, 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 with their complement of players there. Um, it's I, I, it's gonna. That's why I'm looking forward to this. This is survival for both these sides, and sometimes that brings out some really good footy. Yeah, I think that. <coughs> we, look, to be honest with you, if you go off what I've tipped this week, I actually think that Manly at the end of the round will be on the same amount of points as the Titans and Warriors, and I think they're going to be right in the mix for um, mm. that that you know those lower spots in the eight. 
And I uh, think uh, I think the Para and Broncos game also shapes as a big one. Yep. Um, this is so important for the Broncos. Um, this team, we we talk about they're always on a Friday or a Thursday, and it's truly I mean, it's a bit irritating from that perspective. But they've played. This is round seven. Include this round. Six of their games have been against competition heavyweights. They've had a terrible draw to start the year. Um, if they can manage to get over the eels, even though they're still well down the ladder, they're going to come into at some stage, uh, you know, a, a run where they they probably can put wins back to back to back, and and they'll have to do it because. Uh, they're obviously way down the ladder at the moment, but uh, you know, you put any of the the lesser lights up against those heavyweights, and they're, and they're going to be in the same position as where the Broncos are. Yeah. And I'll um, be keen. And I'll be keen to see what the Knights do. Big win, big must-win game for the Knights, really. And they're playing the best team in the comp. So the Knights lose this, they are right. They're starting to. You know, they're they're, they're well on the slide. They're yeah. on the slide. They're well out of it. They're. they're yeah. You know they're they're not only they're not only in trouble regarding that they're on six points. Like they could well have the seagulls um, join them. Therefore, and against isn't great either. They're in the minus. So yeah, and the other thing, Shane, yeah. is that some of those losses have been against lesser lights. That's right. Well. That's right. Yeah. No. Not not a good sign. But there's plenty to look forward to this week. Uh, thanks for joining us again this week, everyone. Um, we hope that you have. A wonderful weekend and enjoy your Anzac Day. And um, yeah, hope thanks again for listening. Um, yeah, it's goodbye from us. See you later, Ron. Have a lovely weekend and uh, Anzac Day. Um, all the best to all the uh, current and uh, returned servicemen. <laughs>